Hello everyone and welcome to episode 3 of the Daddy Brigade Podcast. I'm Keith the Bearded Tank. And I am Zach the Tactical Gnome. And today we're going to go over a little bit of uh, bug in versus bug out. What to have, what to do, you name it. Um, so, bugging in versus bugging out um, comes down, you need to know when to bug in and when to bug out. Um, what what do you think a scenario would be where you bug in? Uh, bugging, um, bugging in is like uh, if you're at work and you have like a natural disaster or um, so much, not so much in our area, but like an earthquake or tornadoes or something where you have to come into a location. So like say you're at work, so you've got to come home and get through debris or closed roads or navigate through that stuff that would kind of be a bug-in scenario or um in like a proverbial shit hit the fan situation where you've got a bug into um an area to where like you're meeting up with people like such as another ao or like a rally point that you've set up with friends and stuff basically bugging into that area you have to actually make it in to that so i would consider that bugging in yeah um even though you're still bugging out of what area you're in you have to bug into that area yeah you want to bug into your your home or your set location i see bugging in um if a situation were to arise and it's a better chance to stay alive to stay home than it is to go to your secondary location yeah i'm staying put which, yeah, I guess you can look at that as bugging in as well. Yeah, I mean, like, in an earthquake situation, you're trying to get back to your home, but it's more... depends on the situation. I mean, if it's... you're in an office building, and, you know, there's an earthquake going on, you... it's... you're more likely to stay alive, I think, staying semi-stationary where you're at. I mean, depending on the building or whatever than trying to traverse the streets while it's going on. Well, I was more saying after yeah, the after earthquake was over. Yeah. Um, whereas bugging out, like, I mean, bugging out would come into, there's a fire like two minutes from your house and it's going to engulf your house. You're, you're going to need yeah, to get out. It's especially with all, like, you know, that would be, right now we have, uh, me and the wife have a friend that actually got evacuated because of the fires out in uh, Cali. Uh, near the one naval base, so yeah. they're currently in a hotel. But yeah, she's been commenting it's pretty bad out there. Yeah, um, and I mean, if there's riding out in the streets where you're at, I mean, something were to go wrong, I mean, you're definitely not going to want to go out. You're Carry a big boomstick. Well, yeah, big boomstick. That's definitely that's part of the kit that I would definitely want to have. Um, but yeah, I mean. Bugging in and bugging out, it's dependent on the situation. Whichever gives you the best chance of staying alive. That's the number one goal in any of those situations is to stay alive. If it's better to stay put, you're going to bug in. You're going to stay put. If it's better that you get the heck out of Dodge, you're going to bug out and get to wherever you need to go. Yeah. And, I, and like, and we both have two different perspectives on right. the term bugging in. Um, but, yeah, that's technically would still fall under bugging in is staying put um but yeah it, it all comes down to what is best 
for you or what is best for your family in that situation, what needs to be done. And, um, you know, like you had said, if, if it's a riot in the streets and you're better off being at home, then you're going to stay put and defend what you have there until that time comes that you're like, okay, we can no longer stay here. We got to go. Yep. Um, and with both of those situations, you got to have procedures and protocols that not just you know and practice, that your family knows and practices and make sure they're on board with it. Because if you have to get out of your house, you know, you have to go somewhere, you bug out, but your wife and kids are freaking out and don't or don't want to and they don't know the procedures and protocols that you've practiced to know that you need to get out it's going to cause you a heck of a lot more trouble especially you know you know we're the daddy brigade because we're we're both dads we both have families and that's a big importance it's not just down to the individual it's the family as a unit when you you got to set bug in and bug out procedures and protocols um procedures are the things that have to get done, what you're gonna do, what you're gonna grab, how you're gonna get out or get back in. And the protocols are basically, um, should this happen, then you enact these procedures to you know, bug in versus bug out. If this happens and you're in the middle of bugging out and then this happens, you know these procedures then need to be kicked into, pl- kicked into gear. Um, and part of those procedures and protocols is you need to know where you're going to go, have things set up ahead of time, you know, pre-plan. I mean, yeah, nobody wants to see the worst happen, but you plan for the worst and hope for the best in most any situations, especially when you have, like me, four kids running around. You know, I mean, glasses are going to get broken plates are going to get broken you plan for the worst but you hope for the best you know you you teach the kids and you practice it enough it's just like with dinner time you've got you start them out with small plastic plates so they learn how to take care of their plates how to carry them put them in the sink when they're done so when they get older you can graduate them into using the glass plates whenever but like everybody else you know like us i mean we have a set of glass plates we said have a set of kid plastic plates corral wire yeah, yeah, those still break. They do. Yes, they do. But you really have to bro- like chuck them into the floor to get oh, them to yeah. break. Oh, uh, we've broken Harper's broken at least two or three. I think we had two break, yeah. but like they fell from like the top of our cabinet to yeah. the floor. Yeah, but <coughs> it's just like that. I mean, you got to the whole family's got to be on board together with the plans that you have, the procedures, the protocols. Um, and along with the planning, you need to have gear, for lack of better terms. I mean, each person should have a bug-out bag um, or a go bag, a ready bag. And, you know, each person can carry their own bag. That way, one person's not focusing on carrying everybody's and it wears them out. Because, I mean, you can only handle so much as one person. I know a lot of a lot of guys will sit there and be like, I gotta take care of my family, so I'm gonna have this for this person, this for this person, I'm gonna have all this stuff for everybody. No. You know, I have a seven, a five, a three, and a one year old. The seven, the five, and the three, they can carry their own backpack. Their stuff's smaller, they can carry their own stuff. 
Well, the one-year-old, yeah, that's probably going to be a mixture between my bag and my wife's bag because he can barely walk. He yeah. can't carry his own bag. But, I mean, just get him a cute little backpack and have it sitting by the door or, you know, whatever that has an extra set of clothes. I mean, because basically a bug-out bag, you want 72 hours worth of stuff. And now, you can fit 72 hours worth of stuff in a 24-hour truck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've that, done it. Can. Uh, I mean, in 72 hours worth of clothes doesn't mean you need three changes of clothes. Yeah. You need one full change of clothes and maybe three pairs of socks and, you know, maybe an extra pair of underwear for the kids. Because, I mean, you can go three days without changing underwear. Not that... You're not going to be, you know, you might smell like a hobo, but you're going to be alive. If you've got your bag, you don't need three pairs of underwear. Like my bag, I have... A full change of clothes, which is a shirt, a pair of jeans, um, and a pair of underwear and a pair of socks. Now, and that's all, f I forget what they call it. The, the military, military roll? Uses, yeah, the little military they, they roll. They roll it up and fold it. Yeah, you yeah. fold the shirt up, you know, put the pants on it, you put your underwear in the middle, and then put your, lay your socks down, roll it up, and then you fold your socks over the end, and it comes down to, like, that big. Okay, yeah. you can't see it, but it's like, think... About probably a medium-sized euro from the fair. Yeah, so I probably mean, like four, four or five inches wide okay. by about four or five inches tall. Yeah, yeah. Give it. I'd say you know six inches wide. It's a roll of six inches long with about four or five inches in diameter, and that's a full change of clothes. Um, now, see, you're one up on me because I have not done any of this okay. in a while. Yeah, I'm the and only the one reason, that's done that. In my the house reason being me. is. Um, my little boy is growing like a bad weed. Um, he's turning five, and people have already mistaken him for six. Yeah. So, and it, his clothes change on like the sizes change like on a monthly. Yeah, and, and I mean, with the kids' clothes like that, I mean, if they've got some clothes that they're getting ready to grow into that might be a little bit big, but they're not ready yeah. for yet. So instead of leaving them in a box in the closet for when they're ready for them, just take one set of clothes out. Put it in the bag. Yeah. That way you know it's going to fit. And then once they grow into that size, you can move up to the next set. I mean, it, and they don't have to be designer clothes or whatever. Yeah. Just something that they don't wear a whole lot, but they can still wear and they're still good. Yeah. Put them in there because it's going to be there and you'll have it there, but it's not something they normally wear. So they're not looking for it, scrounging through it, pulling it out of the bag and putting it on because they want to wear that today. Yeah. And now you got to keep in mind, too, the time of year... The climate you're in, so if you're in, like, where my friends are at out in California or Arizona, your bug-in or bug-out bag is going to have different clothing yep. compared to us in Ohio right now, the second it's week of... It's freezing balls. <laughs> yeah, the second week of November, and, you know, knock on wood, we've been lucky. Normally, we have snow occasionally earlier but yeah you know we didn't last year we had snow in august yeah no not august september okay well september my father-in-law yeah. started building his fire in august the, the very fire. end of september yep um but uh you know we have you know we didn't have a fall this year we went yeah. from 80 degree days to literally we're in you know absolute freezing weather yeah um i mean it's best to go through your bag once a quarter. That way, you know... You yeah, kind of the change of, yeah. change of season. The change of season. So once a quarter, um, 
you go through it that way if any of the food that you have in there because you want to have 72 hours worth of food now i probably don't have quite 72 hours but i have enough to get me through 72 hours i might be a little hungry at the end i think i've got like six cans of vienna sausages and some crackers and stuff in there it's enough and now there's company now there's a lot of companies out there that have those like the food yeah. storage systems, and I forget all like the names. Yeah, I mean, there's like Mountain House that has a meal. I mean, some of those. Yeah. There's like one I know for a while. Like there was a company out there that had like 72 hours, and they looked like they were in like a five-gallon bucket. Yeah, that that's 72 hours, and that's that's for like a family, the average family of four. Yeah. A lot of those they think of that but I mean when it comes down to me when I look at that what food I'm carrying in there is it stable you know like quote-unquote shelf stable is it gonna yeah. last me a while and how easy is is it to eat and prepare slash prepare MREs yeah and, and, and am I gonna like it learn to eat MREs I, well yeah I like MREs don't get me wrong I really do like MREs I there's a, there's don't like, ever chew the gum but see I didn't mind the gum it's laxative gum oh <laughs> yeah we, uh, when I was in Civil that, War Patrol... That could explain why my stomach was upset afterwards. Yeah, yeah. well, they pack so much protein and stuff in there. You, the MREs are made for one day, one meal a day, period. Yeah. To sustain I love them. the so, little hot sauce bottles. You, yeah, that's, that goes with the laxative gum to help clean you out when you're ready. Because it's so much protein, it stops you up all day. And then when you've got to go, you pop the gum and go. <laughs> but uh, when I was in Civil Air Patrol and I was like 14, we had encampment which was like a two-week version of basic training sort yeah. of obviously but we were kids um we had one day where we went out and had to eat mres in the field and stuff and one kid was like hey you gonna chew your gum now this kid was like just barely old enough to join which was like i think 10 and uh he didn't know any better and he's like hey can you have your gum i mean dude he chewed like seven packs of gum oh my he literally crapped his pants in the field and had to deal with it for the rest of the day Oh, and of no. course, you know, us being, you know, teenagers and jerks thought it was funny. But, uh, I mean, looking back, I should have told him, like, dude, don't chew all those gum. I yeah. mean, but that, I was a teenager. I was kind of a jerk. Most of us were. We all thought it was funny. But, I mean, it's, and it's our job to pass along information. Now, being a dad, it's definitely come to light, you know. And I've come to the light to pass on the knowledge instead of... Yeah. Just be like, Haha, you're an idiot, and yeah. let, you know, let you make your mistakes. I mean, yeah, you're going to make mistakes, but it's our job to help out. Um, and you can order MREs or get MREs or, you know, whatever, unless you're like our other co-host, who is not on this episode either. Um, his wedding is tomorrow, so he is fully getting prepared for that, so uh, good luck to him. I will be attending the wedding tomorrow uh, to make fun of him and uh, probably drink uh, this lovely jar of apple pie moonshine that's sitting in front of me. Um, it looks yummy. It does. <laughs> it's good. It's very good. Um, but it'll be it'll be a fun time. But uh, his father-in-law has what did he say? Like he had thirty-six cases along the one side, and the cases have twelve meals each. Yeah. And, and that was just the one side of yeah, the basement. I didn't believe him, so he sent me a picture of his father-in-law's basement last night. And I won't go into detail of everything else that's in the basement, but my God. <laughs> that dude has food for days. Yes. Okay, weeks, maybe months. No, years. <laughs> I'm going to say at least he has a probably one 
year supply with everybody in the family. At least a one year supply for everyone. Wow. So. And I think that's like eight, eight or ten people. Wow. Yeah, definitely uh, got his stock up. Um, yeah, I mean, along with food and getting into where you got to have bug in, you need to have your food saved, you know, your food store at your house too. I mean, start with an extra month of food. If you go into the store, say you eat two boxes of Kraft Mac and Cheese a week. When you go to the store for the week, instead of buying two boxes, buy three, four maybe, and put the two extras away. They're cheap. You can buy yeah, them. Exactly. You can buy them most like store brand so not like craft but like giant eagle or like store brand mac and cheese like walmart's like value time or whatever yeah for like sam's choice or value like time or something 89 cents 59 cents it's the same freaking mac and cheese if you look and see how they make that yeah it's the same mac and cheese they put as it in a different box yeah that, that, that's literally that's all it is, it is. yeah and i mean in the boxes say Packaged and distributed for, for yeah. Giant Eagle by... And that goes for the same for, like, medicines. If you look, like, at allergy yeah. medicines, like, it'll say, same active ingredients is as, yeah. you know, Zyrtec. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to buy this. Yeah. Not because I'm a cheap ass, but I kind of am. It's the same stuff, and it's cheaper. I but mean, it's, like, $6 cheaper than Zyrtec. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to buy this. Oh, yeah. And it works just the same. Yeah. I mean... Because if you can't... If you folks can't tell, I have terrible allergies. I'm just getting over a sinus infection, so... Yeah, wintertime kills my sinuses. I've, I'm stuffed, and I probably have to spit out phlegm every morning. Oh, I've been I've like, been doing the whole cough up the... Oh, yeah, like mine's borderline throwing up because of it. Yeah, yeah mine got to that the, yesterday because it was finally breaking up. But that's just the way my sinuses are. I can't take any OTC allergy medicine. I was on Claritin for six years when I was a kid when it wasn't over the counter. Ah, yes. So my immune system said, oh, yeah, we're not going to let that work anymore. Did you try Zyrtec? Yep. Claritin? Zyrtec, well, Zyrtec, Claritin, Allegra. Allegra, none of them work. How about chloral trimethyl? I have not tried that. But it, Just look for chloral tabs, it's called. Okay, yeah, I'll have to look into that. But, yeah, and I mean... And all of this stuff that, like, we're talking like allergy medicine, if you've got bad allergies, you can go stuff. to the store and buy... You know, as long as it's not the pseudoephedrine version with yeah. the decongestant, you can buy... Don't buy know, a large mass quantity quantity of an, uh, you amphetamines. Can amphetamines. Yeah, you could, pro well, you could probably buy probably like six or seven boxes of it and nobody's going to say anything. Once you get into the D, like the pseudoephedrine yeah. stuff, if they see you... like. If you come back every, you know, like 15 days is the max that you can get. Right. So if you're coming back every 15 days, they may question you, like, see where I, I don't take the decongestion, where, like, my wife does. So I have to go, and I will get hers, and they've got to the point where they know me. Yeah. And most of the time I show up in my uniform for work, so they're, like, right. you know, they know I'm not a meth head. <laughs> but, um... You know, back before it was regulated, people were basically buying, you know, six, seven, eight boxes of it and took a meth with it. Yeah. But Watch yeah. Breaking Bad. Yeah. Like it, that <laughs> yeah. says enough there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you need to keep your stores so of medicines, you know, food, but don't store stuff that you're not going to like to eat. 
because that's morale is a big thing in any of those scenarios. If you don't like the food you're eating, your morale is going to be low and life's going to suck. Unless your morale is already low, then... Yeah, but use, you know, store what you use and use what you store. I mean, so keep your stock rotated, but at the same time, don't store stuff that you're not going to want to eat. Now, we like rice a lot. Yeah, see, I can do rice. Beans, I mean, to some extent. Now, I am going to... Um, I have if for your home stores for your dry goods what I do like the flour I, I start with the staples flour sugar um, beans rice that stuff I mean they have an indefinite shelf life as long as they are dry as long as they are dry right and actually so, I had somewhere I, that's why I was looking around because we're actually recording this episode in my kitchen right now yeah um, I mean as you see we have like the sugar the flour all that now those are sealable right they have the rubber sealed they don't get moisture but i had screw on sealable lid ones and i don't know where they went and they were probably about i would say about a gallon like if you were to put a liquid in it about a gallon right or more that you could put in there yeah that's what i do is we buy the bulk bags of flour sugar and such and uh I have, right now I only have one, but you can get them for, they're like 15 to $20 a piece, but for your food stores, for people that, you know, to feed your family, they're gamma seal buckets where the lids screw on with the rubber O-ring and they seal. I have one of those and I take the flour and all that stuff and I vacuum seal it in the smaller sizes and then put them in the bucket. And then, I mean, you can put uh, a bay leaf. Oh, yeah. Speaking of vacuum sealer, let me show you this. I just got this um, a while back. But check this little thing out. It's a USB-powered vacuum sealer. Huh. Seals any... I would like to see how well it works. I have not tried it yet, um, but... I mean, I can definitely see how it would seal... But well, I'm gonna try it here soon. I don't know if it actually vacuums. I know it seals, bag resealer. It's definitely yeah, a sealer. It's definitely a sealer. So I guess I mean you yeah. don't have to vacuum seal it. I mean if you well, put, most people, if you're smart, it, and the poor man's way to vacuum seal is you leave a corner open, you seal it down, yeah. and you suck all the air out with a straw, and then oh, you seal yeah. it up. I've done that. Yeah. Oh, I've done that for actually. years yeah. and years. Um, but yeah, I vacuum seal everything. You can you can even just seal it if you put a desiccant packet in with your stuff yeah. too. Um, and then you put a, a bay leaf in the bucket. Keeps if if for some reason bugs were to get in, it would, yeah. that deters the bugs. Oh God, my wife has bay leaves and everything, and yeah. I, I seem to be the guy that finds it. Like it will be a full pot of chili, or it will be a full pot of soup, or it will be, <laughs> and I will get. She'll put one bay leaf in that, and I will be the guy to find it every time. Yeah, um, and it's annoying if you've ever tried to bit, bite into a bay leaf and not realized it. They taste terrible. They're very bitter, and you instantly know you found the bay leaf when you yeah, do it. Yeah, um, and a way you can keep salt dry. Mix a little bit of your rice in with your bag of salt. Yes. That I, I can't tell you how many times I'd get frustrated at my great grandparents' house because they would actually put rice in their salt shaker. 
Yes. And actually, and a lot of restaurants to, do that. Yeah, and it would get to the very end and make a little bit of salt coming out, and then you'd see something sticking out the whole... What is... Oh, I got the darn rice. I'm out of salt. Yeah. But, you you really, for an average house salt shaker, need like two yeah, or three two pieces. Two or three grains of rice, yeah. People go overboard. Yeah, yeah. That you do. Um, and then some more gear that would go with bugging in. Um, a blackout kit. I mean, bugging in could be simply you got to stay put because the power's out and yeah. you can't be opening the doors because you don't have heat. So you need a blackout kit that's got a flat, at least one flashlight for every person, um, extra set, you know, one or two extra sets of batteries for each flashlight. Yep. And I just kind of threw it down and on the table just and throw it on the counter. Almost Come break on. the candle and our wireless yeah. mic and everything. Yeah. Um, I have. It is a X Dragon. It's a 20,000 milliamp. Milliamp hour, wow. Milliamp hour battery. You can get six cell phone charges off of yep. this thing. And now it's pretty big. Yeah, I mean, it's the size It's got of, some weight. Think of, well, let's see. I would say two what, S8? Yeah. So you put two S2, maybe two and a half S8s thick, but it's about the same dimensions as your yeah. S8. And it's heavy. It's got some weight to it. Oh, well, yeah, it's but it's probably got a two or three lipo batteries in there. Uh, I think three, because I mean it might be one extra solid. thick solid but lipo. But we, I have drained this thing down to absolutely nothing. Three or four times, just having it outside. Yep. I've owned this thing for a year and I've charged it five times. Nice. Yeah, we have uh, at it, least three of the smaller ones. Yeah, this thing, it's I paid sixty bucks on Amazon. That's not bad. Um, and it's well worth the money. Yeah. we Like I said, Stevie and I each have three of the smaller ones. I yeah. keep, you know, one that I keep can keep in my pocket, one that I put in my backpack if I'm going somewhere so I have redundancy. The reason I got away from the small ones is because I got a bunch of cheap ones and they would burn out like after two or three times. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to just spend the money and get a good one. Yeah. I, I mean, I need to get one decent sized one. But uh, this would be, honestly, this would be the yeah, one that I would put that in yeah, your because blackout see, kit. You have Two USBs uh, on the front, and then you have two micro USBs. micro USBs to charge it on the side. So you can essentially do two you, two amp chargers. And no, you can only charge it once, but the other one, if I'd have to find the brochure on it, you can actually supposedly charge, if you have like a mini USB to a mini USB, there's a way to charge through that one too. Hmm. I don't know all the details, and it has a little built-in LED flashlight too. Nice. Yeah, that's one thing mine, none of ours do. Have, but yeah. we we honestly have we use the main ones that I keep in my pocket or whatever. I mean, which isn't a daily thing. That was I charged that last month. Oh Jesus, the ninety nine percent. Yeah, yeah. I we use it a lot for Pokemon Go. <laughs> Damn that game. <laughs> yeah, we play Pokemon Go quite a bit. Um, we're actually going out tomorrow night for the uh, community day for this month. Just they stop. Have monthly just, dates. Just, I know. Just stop. I'm, I'm nerfing out a little bit. Um, but yeah, you need batteries. Now, I keep a rotation of their Amazon end loop batteries and the chargers. I've got double A's and triple A's. Um, you know, just keep them rotated once a month. Check your batteries. Rotate um, and charge them. That, that way, you're never without your flashlights yeah. and such. Gloves. That's another thing. Get good work gloves, good leather gloves, good. I don't want to call them tack gloves, but like mechanics gloves yep. or Oakley's. I and I, I have nothing against Oakley. 
but everybody I know that's owned a pair of Oakley gloves has hated them. Yeah. I've One of my friends just got a pair issued to him for his new job, and I was talking to him today, and I said, give it a month, and those things are going to be trashed. Yeah. It's, I use Mechanics Impact. Yeah, that's I use Mechanics Impact, or knock on wood, I'm going to secretly do it, and the wife can yell at me later, I'm buying those Victos, the, uh, Ooh, yeah. the Warfighter gloves. Yeah. Only because I want a pair of gloves that have Velcro on it so I can make up st- stupid yeah. little knuckle tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, you can do that. Yeah. I mean, and the gloves will definitely come in handy. One, not just for keeping your hands warm, but if you've got a fireplace, you're going to have to, you know, for heat to go out and get wood. I mean, you're not... Unless you want to have... I mean, unless you want to be, you know, Paul Bunyan and <laughs> have man hands, which... Yeah. Isn't a bad thing. Like I've got calluses, you've got calluses. I've got lots of calluses just from work. Yeah, I I have a ten pound mall, twelve pound. I forget what. I've got an eight pound mall. And I've been splitting wood all summer. Like everything that we burnt this summer for parties, on some of the bigger logs that I've had laying around for a year after letting them dry out, I've managed to split all of that back. Oh yeah, I've got an eight pound mall. Um, and people think I'm crazy because a regular axe. Yeah, they're like, really? Like yeah. you're splitting wood? Like, don't you have a log splitter? No, I'd rather do it by. Yeah, it's hand. more fun to do. It's that. more fun, and it's a little bit of a workout. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're not heating with it nonstop. Yeah. It's more fun to do it by hand. It gives you your workout, your cardio for the day. Especially if you're doing it on 85 degree days like oh, I did. Yeah. yeah, you will sweat your ass. Yeah, off. now like my dad heats with wood in his house. He doesn't have a log splitter. Your dad needs a log splitter. We, I'm sorry, your dad. Well, if you're heating with wood year-round, yeah. I would buy a log well, splitter. Obviously, during the summer, he doesn't use, he doesn't need it. So yeah. during the summer, he'll go out on the weekend, bring in a load or two. That's kind of like my father-in-law does throughout the year. I mean, he's yeah. cutting wood constantly. But now, like I would go to my dad's growing up every other weekend, and Saturday was always firewood day. You go out, you drop a tree or two, fill the truck up with wood, bring it in, stack it down in the basement. That was when that was done. That was done for the day. I mean, that but you didn't. Now, did you guys just bring it in in chunks? You didn't split it, or did you guys split it? We would split it down a little bit out in the field, mm-hmm. and then throw it load it in the truck. But then, then when we got, got to the bad, house, if it, it was something was too big for the, the wood burner, we would split it then before we stacked it in the house. See, I'm, I would like noticing all of this, and after burning, you know, probably two inch diameter limbs and stuff that we've cut up and parts of the tree i'd rather like that anything bigger than that i'm gonna start splitting now because yeah we've had trouble with the fire stay and lit for parties and stuff as yeah. you were here for that yeah. one and um this split stuff man like if well, you do it right it catches it burns well it's because it dries out better yeah when you when you don't that split and it. i also have a truck tarp like a, for a semi-truck for like oh, the, yeah I have that setting over okay. it for this winter, so we're not yeah. going to be dealing with it. Yeah. But yeah, if you don't split it, the moisture can only come out the ends where it was cut. When you split yes. it, that gives you more surface area for the moisture to come out. That's why you split it, stack it, and then let it season because yeah. it dries out better that way. Um, coming from a country boy, doing it every other weekend. I mean... Well, see, and you did things differently. I mean, we're yeah. both country boys. You yeah. did things differently. I didn't have a wood burner because as a kid, my allergies were so bad. Oh, yeah. I just couldn't have one now they my mom and stepdad just put a new wood burner in three or four years ago and i like the smell i like oh, the, yeah. the smoky smell my mom hates it i like it oh yeah i actually want to get one of the nice outside ones but we just put a new heater in the house yeah. so i'm like 
And you gotta look into around here. My father-in-law got grandfathered in, but I think it's Mahoning County. I don't. It might just be Canfield Township. It's only Canfield Township. It because has to be 100 foot from a property line. Yeah, I, that's why I can't put one in on my property yeah. now because I my can property put one is only 71 feet wide. Technically, this property that we have is considered a farm. Yeah, and it's unincorporated out here too. So, Berlin yeah. Center's unincorporated. I mean, I do have neighbors within 100 yards. I think it's 100 yards to their house and one... I think it's just shy of 100 to the other neighbors. Yeah. So, you know, both neighbors are cool and I could easily put one because most, if I put it out by the barn and piped everything over, all the smoke's going to go beyond their house unless it blows straight at the house and then right. it, it's blown into our house too. Yeah. Yeah, and with, with those outdoor ones, it's water. Yeah. You, you but, heat the water and it pumps but it But I literally just put yeah. a new heater in the house. So, yeah. I think the only thing that I'll be lucky enough to get is maybe a small fireplace. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the other house. has a cast iron stove in the living ah, room. Ah, yes. Yeah, my wife's super excited about that. Um, that's another thing you got to keep in mind. Heat. If you're powered for your, to go with your blackout kit, what are you going to do for heat? Um, granted, we have a gas furnace. But it's got to have an power for the pilot, blower. Pilot and electric for the blower. Yeah. So, and... Because you have an electric model, igniter, obviously, like mine yeah, does. Yeah. And our specific model has a 7,200-watt spin-up. Oh, boy. Yeah. So I have to get at least a 7,500 to 1,000-watt, 1, or 10,000-watt generator. If, granted, where we're at, the power almost never goes out because the fire station's on our road. If it does go out, it's out for like 20 minutes tops. Yeah, but and if you are looking at something like that, um, my dad uh, he has a seventy-five kilowatt hour. Like he has a big boy generator. Yeah, a whole house generator kind yeah, of deal. Yeah, he has a generator and it covers all of the house and the back garage, I believe. Oh yeah, that's I was looking into that, but I mean it's where we're at right now. It's yeah, yeah, one of those things. And that's I mean that's big money. You're looking yeah. at. Probably, probably about four grand for that. So what? Yeah, I mean. But if you live in an area like out in the Midwest with all the tornadoes, yeah. or up here where I live, where we, even though I'm literally three houses down from the fire station, yeah. I found out the hard way before power goes out. It's out up here. It takes oh, yeah. them a while to get it oh, back yeah. on. And so I told her, my wife, I said, when we get a chance and everything's said and done, because I'm currently finishing renting this property for my family to buy it uh once everything's said and done with that i am putting probably the same size generac in for here so that way i don't have oh, yeah. to worry about it yeah because we're getting a bigger freezer we're going to have a lot more meat in the freezer and stuff as well so yeah yeah i mean that's you you got to think about the power and now and you don't have to go out and spend a crap ton of money on a, a generator if it's not within your means I mean, if it is, cool. It's, get a generator. And you don't have to get just... They actually make kits for ones. Um, instead of being a gasoline one, you can convert it to run on propane. So you've got extra propane for your grill. Hey, power goes out, take the tank over to your generator, hook it up. Um, but you always got to think about heat because, I mean, like my house, even in the winter, in the wintertime, it stays really cold and i mean and the furnace will run almost constantly because it's a block house yes and so it's really cold so 
what you can do if you don't have the money to go out and buy the generator that you need to run your furnace or anything like that, little kerosene heaters. You're gonna have to crack a window, True. but it's gonna keep you warm and isolate it to the rooms that you're most likely to use. So even if you have to camp out in the living room, you know, put the heater in the living room, everybody have a camp out in the living room with your blankets. I mean, we have an abundance of blankets. We have yeah, two so do we. queen size comforters that stay on our couch. Plus, do you not see all the stuff oh, yeah. on the couch oh, yeah. there? And I, yeah. I think we have probably. I guarantee I have three beds worth of blankets. Oh, yeah. Just for his bed, my little boy's bed, plus another right. probably three or not more for ours. Yeah. But yet, my wife doesn't want to share blankets because I toss and turn all night and so oh, does she. So well, we both we, have our own separate we've blankets. We've been married. It'll be nine years in January. We have not once on a regular basis shared a blanket. Yeah. Because I am a furnace when I sleep. She gets too hot. Oh, She's see, one of those people that has to sleep with a fan on. See, I, I, the reason I like to do that, I wish we had a ceiling fan that I could turn on though even in the winter. Oh, no, we have a little fan. See, I feel like I breathe better at night. Yeah, I mean... I would rather be warm than cold. She would rather be a little cool. Well, but see, my now Tanya will laugh at me because come summertime, we have one of the window fans, yeah. the dual fans. I will crank that sucker, and I will still sleep under a comforter. Oh, yeah. Because I'm not sweating, but I'm not cold. Yeah, I'm just exactly. perfect, and I sleep oh, great. You've seen the thing. Unless that... it's 90 flipping degrees, and then this house, because it's 150, almost 200 years old, it's like almost... I think the highest they got this year was like 105. Yeah. Have you seen the, the little things that go on the bed that come up and blow into there to keep you cool? It's like an automatic temp control. Yeah, that's... Like it blows heat and cool? Yeah. It's like, oh, that'd be perfect for her. It's a good idea, but it's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, good and bad. I, I'm sorry. Anything that is electric next to your bed or attached to your bed is a yeah. bad idea because... Yeah, I don't even like electric blankets. Yeah, no, because uh -huh. if it shorts out, like... You're literally just going to burn up like that. Yeah, we have, uh, they call them warmies. They oh, like are the stuffed animals? No, oh. they're stuffed animals, but they're filled with, I don't know if it's, I think it's flaxseed or something. I'll have to ask. Are those people. the ones you throw in the microwave? Yeah, those yeah. Little, you put them in the microwave for a minute and it warms them up. Dude, they stay warm for a very long time. We have. And you wouldn't think that little bit of heat, but it helps yeah. a lot. My wife's you grandmother. Down by your feet. Yeah, my wife's grandmother made us those and she used corn. Yeah, you can use corn. And um, they're great also if you have like tight muscles in your back and neck. Yeah. You just lay it over your shoulder and just like, yeah. oh yeah. The ones we got have lavender, dried lavender. Oh, nice. Uh, flowers in them. So when you warm up, it smells like lavender. And it, dude, it helps the kids sleep like you wouldn't believe. You warm them up for a little bit, you get the, the nice lavender smell. And the lavender will knock them out. Wow. Now that we've got off topic a little yeah, bit because now okay. we're like... We're, hey. Comfort is key yes. in any situation. I mean, if you got family and the power's out, you want to keep them comfortable. Because you got little kids, they get uncomfortable, they turn don't, into don't live into Don't live in a 200-year-old house in the middle of freaking summer. <laughs> that's, yeah. That is. Well, that's that's our house, too. Just because it's all jacked up the way it was insulated and stuff, it can get pretty cold in the wintertime and pretty hot in the summertime just because the insulation upstairs is all jacked. But, yeah, I mean... Comfort. You have insulation, though. I have ground-up corn cobs. Oh, that's still insulation, but not as high quality of insulation. <laughs> that's that's 19, like, 
Yeah. 20s, 1930s installation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, your house is a little bit older than mine. My house was built in 41. Uh, like we were talking earlier, I believe this, because it was originally a schoolhouse, was built in like the 19, like the 1850s. Yeah. Because it got moved to this property where it's sitting in 1916. Yeah. But you got to have the stuff that will keep you comfortable in the house that you have. I mean, no, granted, I'm probably going to have more blankets in the wintertime than somebody that's in a two-year-old house. Yeah. Because I guarantee their house is going to stay warm. Whereas mine, block, no insulation downstairs, it gets kind of cold. But, yeah, I mean, isolate yourselves to one or two rooms if the power were to go out and you don't have heat. So you have your heater in that one room. See, I would really say, instead of isolating yourself to one or two rooms, isolate yourself to one floor. So if you yeah. have like how my house is set up here where I have a kitchen and dining room. Yeah, um, but yours is pretty open that way too. Yeah, I have kind of like an open, yeah, little I mean, bit open concept. kind of the way mine is too. Mine would be limited to the downstairs, but I mean my downstairs has the living room attached to the kitchen with the big archway and the only room downstairs that we would close off would be the bedroom in the back corner. Now, yeah. My house has literally like a 25 by 25 footprint. Yeah, your house is super tiny. <laughs> tiny. And then the bathroom's attached right there to the living room, too. Yeah, so... So, I mean, yeah, but I mean, in a bigger ranch house, isolate yourself, you know, yeah. close off all the adjoining rooms around the outside, you know, you gotta, you're going to have a bigger living room, Keep relatively stick to the living room, close all the other doors off, keep the heater in the living room. Yeah. Try not to go in those other rooms unless you have to, um, just for the sake of saving heat. Yeah. Now, if you're in, like, a, you know, proverbial shit-at-the-fan situation, you know, riots and stuff like that, then you also have to keep in mind you want to stay away from rooms that have a lot of windows. Yeah. Blackout curtains. Blackout curtains. We actually have some blackout curtains in our house. Plywood. Plywood yeah. is a wonderful thing. To, um, and don't, unfortunately... Yeah, you're going to ruin the inside of your house because I would not recommend putting plywood on the outside only. I'd yeah. be putting it on the inside as well. Yeah. Put it, yeah. Um, a, a quick, easy thing that you can hide behind curtains, take a PVC pipe, you know, like a three-inch pipe, cut it in half. Mm -hmm. Or not quite, you want to cut it to where it, it leaves a gap. So, like, cut a couple inches to where it still wraps around, put one up above and one below the window, and you can just slide the plywood in there. Ah yes, There's, just enough, and then you cover. I think my friend too. had my friend did that in his first house for uh, like makeshift hurricane shutters. Yeah, yeah I mean, down in Florida. Granted, it's I mean it's not going to pr protect against large fast moving projectiles or anything like that, but it's going to help block out light and keep yourself isolated. If you've got windows, like my living room has one, two, three windows in it. Now the, the tricky part is going to be the sliding glass door in the back of the kitchen. Big sheets of plywood. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take two full sheets of plywood. Two full least. sheets of plywood. Probably three just to give overlap. Yeah. And it's got a you know the wood frame around it, so yeah, you pop a few nice screws thing. in there. Whoop de doo When you pull it out, you put some wood filler in it. That's but that that's me, you know, being in the construction. I don't really care. I can fix it. Yeah. Um, and I mean that also goes into like the bugging in and bugging out. Um, if you have to bug in and you're staying put barricades like if you're you know for whatever like if it's that type of situation right. like riots Social in the streets and, and you know you know like if you're gonna have a ferguson you know in where you live like if they're gonna ride in the streets and burn down businesses and you're gonna 
stay in place. You know, you've got to have barricades against doors, yep. but you also need exits. You need yep exit strategy that goes with the procedures. You know, so I mean, in in that too, and with a fire in the house, you got to know. It's just, I mean, you got to think about bugging in with that stuff and the procedures, just like you would plan for a house fire. Like we have a two-story house, the kids' room, which has the only you know main drop down to the floor, whereas ours goes out on the bathroom, out on the garage, and down. Which I can, I mean, it's like six and a half. I think it's a six and a half foot drop, yeah. From where my freezer is outside underneath the overhang in between the house and the garage, I can climb out my bedroom window, go down right there, and just drop. Yeah. No problem. Whereas the kids' room, we have one of those Kitta two story ladders. That yeah, that's on, what I'm going to get for up here for his room because yeah. both of our room, both my son's room and our room is on the top of the house. Yeah. And so I'm going to get one for his room because it goes out, his windows go out to our secondary uh, roof, which is over our laundry room and our back entryway, and then down to the ground, which dropping down to the ground is not a big deal. And we also have my wife's car, if situation ever, she has a Kia Soul. So from the roof, the drop off to the roof to her roof is only like, Three feet. Yeah. So like I'm. Dr- You're gonna if, dent if the I'm, roof. Yeah, right. I'm gonna dent the roof if I have to get out of the house. Yeah. That's why you have insurance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean it's. Oops, there's not your hoodie off. Um, oh, that's hers. Oh, it's her hoodie. Um, but I mean, yeah, you gotta practice it and make sure your family's on board and come know what you're gonna do. Um, so we've covered a lot of the bug in stuff. Um, now bugging out. Um, we've talked a little bit about the bug out bag. Um, like I said, you know, mine's got you 72 hours worth of stuff. Um, good gloves, flashlights, gloves, lights, food, batteries. Number one one thing that we haven't talked about yet that you definitely want to be able to have with you water. Water. Yes. You definitely got to have water. Now carrying water. Like, I mean, if you figure on, I think they say three gallons a day per person is what the average person uses. That's a little on the light side. I'd probably say five or six gallons per person per day, just between washing and everything. Now, that's a lot of water to carry. I was going to say, I drink drink a lot of coffee. Yeah, yeah, me too. Coffee is life. Um, That's a lot of water to carry. Eight pounds per gallon, you're not going to want to lug around 15 gallons of water. One, it's really heavy. Two, how are you planning on carrying around 15 gallons of water? But it is a great workout. Well, yeah. (laughs) But the way I have it, I have a, I think it's a three liter hydration bladder that I bought at Walmart um, that I keep in my, it's in my bug out bag that's actually made to hold. It's got a hydration bladder spot in it. And then I put uh, a little $20 Sawyer water filter in line for the hose that comes out. Yeah. Now that, those are good for 100,000 gallons of filtering. Oh, really? Yeah. I never knew that with those filters. Yeah. The, See, the I would Sawyer just... one specifically, I don't know about life straws. I think they're somewhere close to... But I like the Sawyer because I literally just cut the hose and it goes in the middle. Yeah, see, now, like, in the wintertime, for me, one thing I do, more so in the winter than in the summer, which is odd because we have more storms in the winter, or in the summer with thunderstorms and everything. Yeah. But, I mean, if you've got a chainsaw and, like, a log chain, like, you pretty much can cut your way through anywhere to get to somewhere that has power or something if you need to. In the wintertime, it's a little bit harder if it snows. So in the wintertime, I normally, once the snow starts flying, so here in probably another, like, two weeks, 
I'll buy like four or five cases of water. Oh yeah. And just throw them in the basement. Yeah. Because that's... that way, you know, if it gets too bad where the power is out, the roads are impassable. Yep. You know, it may be a couple days, like two or three days before, if you know, we get a bad blizzard, that they get the trucks out to even oh, attempt yeah. to do that. Yeah, that's like I keep a case of water in my car. Now I do use it because yeah. you obviously don't want to let it sit too long. And I think I, what is it work eight months, something like that. I don't know. And with that, with what I mean by buying all that, rotate it out. So say, you know, our winters in Ohio start about the middle about right now in november yeah. um to sometimes in a- end of april yeah sometimes the end of april not always but you know it's still chilly in april but and we've had snow in april, yep. of april. i had snow on my birthday on the 24th i've actually had uh snow on easter i oh, bought yeah. it i the first year i had my mustang bought the mustang it was like six, 65 70 degrees the day i bought it the next day it was snowing. I was yep. like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you, uh, with any of your stores, you want to rotate it. That way you know what you have stored is fresh. And mark it. I yeah. Mean, yeah, definitely. Get yourself mark. a Sharpie right on it the date that you put it in the basement. And I think you were talking about that uh, with the gas cans too yep. earlier. Yep. Buy the gas. You know, and that's something we haven't got into is uh, fuel. But... um. If you buy quantity of fuel, you know, five-gallon jug, fill it up, mark it with the date, yep. and do that every time you go to the gas well, pump. Throw do an extra, once like, a month. Yeah. So, oh, really? You think once a month? Well, I yeah, would do it every well, time I went, like, if I was going to really fill up everything. Well, you, you could do it every time you fill up, but for your store of gas, you do it, you get 12 five-gallon gas cans. Which are what, like? They're like $16 anymore, and with a stupid... Oh, the, the fuel cheaper. safety ones, yeah. Yeah, you and, can find them cheaper. And for anybody that wants to know a little hack, I've I've got around that hack. There's yeah, there's three different ways around that hack. One, if you go on eBay, they still sell the old fuel cans. Oh yeah. Two, well, you can buy just the old nozzles. You can yeah, find you the can old buy the old nozzles. Yeah. Two, if with these new ones where it doesn't have a vent, I have a five gallon can that there's no vent on. You can buy the little vent tabby thing. I found it a lot quicker way. Take a drill, like. Tiny, like 16th inch drill bit, very tiny. Drill a tiny little hole right in the handle. And it allows enough air to get in there that it won't cause any issues. And you don't have to worry about leaking or anything. Yeah, one thing I did, I have a little uh, a little one-gallon can for the chainsaw and the weed. Yeah, that's what I have. The ones that, because the new ones, they don't have the little lever. you got to pull the tab and pull the lever down. You push it on the outer part when you're putting the gas yeah, in. That's my well, five gallon can you has that. Push that little end on, snip that little end that comes up off and that outer piece will come off and it's just a straight tube. Then you take it off and the insides will come out. Oh, well, I guess I know I what guess, I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, you can find the older ones, but yeah. there's a lot of... The way those store, those yeah. is kind of a pain too because yeah. it allows more outside contaminants to get in. Yes, and there are a lot of, you know, as I'm doing air quotes here, Yeah. hacks to bugging in, bugging out. Little things that may work for you may not work for other people. Right. And this whole podcast, really, it may work for one way for, like I said, somebody in Arizona or California dealing with forest fires and earthquakes versus somebody in Florida dealing with hurricanes yeah. versus us up north here dealing with blizzards. And, you know, and then everybody kind of has to deal with the whole civil unrest. You know, should there be a thing, it, that kind of, I think, would be kind of 
yeah. unanimous thing across the board. Everybody kind of is the same. Yeah. But it's not going to be because everybody's bag is going to be different. Yeah. Everybody's kit's going to be different. Is I listen to a lot of the survival podcast by Jack Spearco. He's in Texas. He's been doing it since like 2008. Yeah. Um, but when pe- he has listener call-in shows where people can call in and ask him questions, and he'll go through an answer. And a lot of the time, it always can. His favorite answer, which nobody likes to hear, is "It depends." Yeah. And the sad he, thing is, is it's true. It all did, depends on the situation and your circumstances. They did a bug in, bug out uh, podcast on uh, primary and secondary, which I'm a big fan of those guys. And uh, Matt does a great job of hosting that show. Yes, he does. And they did uh, an episode on bugging in, bugging out. And the one guy they had on is actually. Uh, lives in Mexico City. He's oh, yeah. He's tied to the embassy, embassy or yeah. something. And now he can't carry a firearm. And that's another thing we have not even touched on. Which, um, really, it's a simple thing with the firearm is what can you carry? Yep. What are you allowed to carry legally? And what is personal? How much you're going to ca- back up ammo you're going to carry? Right. If you're going to carry one mag, two mag, a box in your bag, you know, if you're bugging out, carry as much really as you're going to need or as you think you're going to need. Yeah, and I mean, even with that too, you're going to do it relatively covertly in a situation like that. You're going to think you're not going to want to run around in a plate carrier with, you know, six AR mags. And I know some of us might. <laughs> I want to run around with a belt-fed 249 with like an extra belt hanging off my plate carrier, but yeah. you know I can't buy a 249 as a civilian, right? Unless I want to dish out like 20 grand, right? But yeah, I mean, just you gotta think about how much you're gonna be carrying between any of your, you know, your basics like food, water, extra clothes, your, your 72-hour kit. But you get, I mean. Ammo stuff can get heavy, so you got to think about that. What's the situation you're in? What what are you gonna need? Like if you're at home, you know you're bugging in. You're gonna have your ammo stores and everything there. When you're bugging out, are you gonna have a reliable are you vehicle? Walking? Yeah. Are you taking a vehicle? I mean, if you have a pack mule, then load that yeah. sucker down. I mean, if you can fit a freaking blunderbuss cannon on that thing, then go for yeah. it. See, with my family, you know, we have two cars. If it came down to it, you know, we could load into both cars. But my car's little. It would be me and most of the gear and then my wife and the kids and some of the gear. um, Because she drives a minivan. But, I mean, if it came down to it, we could all get into the minivan. But they're still limited on space. So, I mean, you got to know what you can carry how you're going to be transporting it because I mean if you've got the card you got the space and you're bugging out yeah you can take more but you also got to remember to take what's necessary and not what you want to take like you're not going to pack up the flat screen TV and take it with you you can't take my flat screen no I mean if you've got enough notice and you're evacuated for if we lived in did you see that commercial for the I forget which uh, car company had the commercial like an asteroid was gonna hit and they like start loading oh up yeah like, there's so much room and they're like grabbing the flat screen yeah. and golf clubs and everything it's yeah. like what uh, and then when they finally get everything oh I think we're good and yeah, they I get think to we're the good. car and everybody's gone and the asteroid's like there 
Yeah. Because, yeah, that's, because that is poor planning. Poor planning. But, yeah, I mean... The, now, see, I'm, I've heard different stories, or, well, not stories, but different suggestions of, like, well, what if there's an EMP, like, you know, what if somebody launched something and caused an EMP across the whole United States? I'm actually in the process of looking at buying a K5 laser, one of the old military surplus ones. Ooh, the, but it's uh, not going to be stock. The cut V. Yeah, it's not going to be stock. Oh. It's getting a king, king or fox suspension put underneath it, probably 44s, and possibly an LS. But the reason I don't want to do an LS is because of the computer system. It can right. try the computer system. You need something. So I may try to get a diesel. Yeah. that's in it and then pump it up with a turbo or something like that oh yeah but it's going to be on a lift and something oh yeah something it's going to be a mud toy but it's going to be a fun it's going to yeah. be my bug out vehicle if i need it yeah yeah i mean the effect you know the, the likelihood of an emp relatively small but it's still a possibility like i said earlier plan for the worst but hope for the best i mean i mean if, if it's our in country your means, keeps pissing off all these other people left and right like yeah. You know, and like I said, I don't want to get into politics, which I know we're going to eventually. It's going to come in a little bit but, eventually. But, like, eventually some country's going to get sick of freaking Trump's shit somewhere, like, and be like, oh, okay, boop, and, like, we're going to have to deal with some shit. Yeah. And I personally the... like the guy. I don't like everything that he does, but... Yeah, you're never going to like He's better everything. than the other one that... <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, we won't get we're into that. Uh... But yeah, I mean, the eventuality is a possibility, but, and if it's in your means to build, uh, you know, like a pre-70s K5, you know, 75 Blazer or something that has no electronics in it whatsoever, go for it. Do it's it. going to still have electronics of some sort. Yeah, but you're going to build a Faraday cage to keep your electronics yeah. in. Well, you, the, most, most vehicles had electronic fuel pumps, not manual fuel pumps. Right, that's Pre, why I said what, the older like 60, ones. I don't remember what year. 60, I want to say, I think pre like 65, I think everything I had. wonder how well a Faraday cage would work on the scale of a garage. Probably not. Yeah, I don't know. It would be pretty extensive. Yeah. I mean, I know you can use like a trash can and mylar and it, bags and yeah. then plastic bags and seal it. And if anybody of... knows the K5 blazer and knows what i'm talking about with building one if you don't go look up bj baldwin who is a um he races the uh, the off-road trucks i don't know the baja. the baja trucks um he's raced the baja 1000 he has a k5 called loki and that's kind of where all my idea came from because i seen that thing it's a pre-runner and i don't know what motor's in it all I know is it does 150 mile an hour through the Nevada desert. And, like, it just floats. And I was yeah. like, I need that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean... But not as fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that might be a little excessive. But, I mean... I need the suspension and everything else done to it just... Yeah, the I handle, don't need to do the handling need, capabilities. Yeah. You don't need the speed race. I don't need to go 150 mile an hour because he uses it as a free runner too. Right. Not. I mean, not that I don't like to go fast. But. Yeah. So, I mean, you got your vehicles, and I mean, there's always stuff you want to keep in there. Um, you've got your emergency kit, jumper cables, 
See, know, I have a small tire. first aid kit. I have. Yeah, first and aid well, kit. And well, see, no, that's the other thing, which, um, since we're talking about vehicle, that's the one thing now that's kind of kind of gone by the wayside is spare tires. Yeah. A lot of car companies don't have spare tires. My wife, they charge you extra for yeah, it. Yeah, char- they charge you extra. My wife's Kia, her soul has a thing of slime. Yeah. And Honda's does the same an air thing. compressor. That's the same Which thing that's nice it. to know I have a spare air compressor because you can use that air compressor at any time. Yeah. So if your other vehicle has a flat tire, you can use it. Yeah. But that's the other thing I recommend getting. I have one. It's a cheap one. I shouldn't. Yeah, I should have like not bought it. Slime one. Well, no, I got one of the Black & Decker ones. I bought it one year. I bought it for myself for Father's Day. Right. Um, it's got a jump pack, air compressor, power inverter. It's got all the fun gizmos and gadgets that you would need the problem is is the battery life on it blows i mean i have had this thing charged set on a charger for 24 hours and it's still not full and it just the battery like blows but if you can get a good one and they're about 150 200 for a good one they're great things to have because you can take it outside like where i have no outside electricity well we do now because of the barn Right. But prior to that, I had no outside electricity. You could take it out and plug your cell phone. That had USB ports. You plug your cell phone into it and charge it. Yep. Or charge, you know, jump your car or whatever. It, there's all kind of cool little yeah. features on it. Yeah. It's just the battery life blows. Right. I mean, that's mine has is a 12-volt one you plug into the cigarette lighter that I keep in the trunk. It's got the light, you know, the compressor on it. And what I did is I bought one of the Marine 12-volt outlets that you can oh, okay, mount yeah. wherever. It's got the little mount piece. And I wired it into my trunk light. Yeah, you showed me that. Yeah. Wired it into the trunk light and mounted it up inside the trunk so that when the trunk's open and I need to, I can uh, plug it in and use it to, whether it be pumping up my tire or you know somebody else's tire if I see somebody that needs help. Because that's the way I am. If somebody needs help, I'm going to help them out. Um, <clears throat> I also have a million candle power spotlight that plugs into it. Yes, you do. Yes. That thing is bright. It is very bright. And it, it runs on a 55 watt, uh, I think it's an H1 or an H3 headlight bulb for a car. So if the bulb burns out, I can pop it open and change it out. Imagine if there was a way to rig up like an HID, like mm. one of the HID like 8K. Oh, I'm sure there is because they make plug and play. Oh my kits. God, that thing would be bright as hell. Yeah, yeah, it would. That would be fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, with that, they've got, you know, the jumper cables, the spare tire, which I don't have a spare tire in my car at the moment. I wish I did. No, you have an empty space. Yeah, I've got an empty space right now. Um, trying to think what else I keep in my car. I mean, that, we'll get into that. I think we're going to have to uh, split this up into two episodes. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to, because uh, there's a lot. Like, we're now at like a little over an hour, and we've only hit the bug-in stuff mostly. We've hit a little bit of the bug out, um, but I think we're gonna have to move bug out to another episode. Another episode because we've got we'll do that for we've got week. kids that are getting tired and yeah, little man here is getting pretty. Yeah, you know, we're pushing yeah. right now, hour and almost five minutes. Yeah, so, and um, we're definitely gonna have to do a second episode on the bug. Yeah. The bug out. out and a little bit more of the gear to go with it because yeah. bugging out has a little bit, quite a bit more gear to go with it than bugging in where for like gear gear not food stores and prepared stuff i mean there's 
you know, rally points and routes to the rally points and stuff like that. Map so, reading, yeah, map, land that, that goes with the, if, I don't know if you've ever heard of Bug Out Binder. You have one in the house, one in oh, the yes, cars. Oh, yes, yes, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, there's a lot of that that goes into it. Yeah, no, so, I mean, you've got to have, you know, rally points, you've got to have, um, you know, land nav maps. Yep. And especially if you're in an area, that was one thing they talked about on uh, primary or secondary. If you're in an area that you're not familiar with, go get a regular tourist map or yep. get a couple maps that you can, not yeah. just on your phone. Because if your phone service is down, you're, you're you know, screwed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it, granted, the electrical grid is going to go down long before the cellular grid is going to go down. But the cellular grid but, is powered by electric. Yeah. Um, it is, but you know, communications is going to stay up longer than the rest of your basic stuff. Unless it's a big giant thing, thing right. like you know, yeah. a terrorist attack or something, because yeah, well, they'll shut down the communication grid. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. faster than anything. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of where we live is kind of not likely to get hit by anything like that. There's not really too much. No. I mean, but it's still a, a, you have a to, possibility. You have to also keep in mind where I drive every day. Yeah. I'm along the Ohio River. Yep. They're putting that new cracker plant in for Shell. And five or six, it may be further than that. It looks like only five or six miles down the river is um, the uh, nuclear power plant. Oh, yeah. Right on the river. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so. then north of here in Cleveland is the other one. Yep. Uh, it's up by uh, Oak. It's up in Oak Harbor. Yeah, but it's that's where it's sixty miles north of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but so I think we're gonna call it a night for this one. Um, we'll get into more of the bug out stuff definitely on the next one. Um, simply because there's a lot more to it than we thought there'd be. Yeah. There's a lot more discussion going on over it, which is good. Um, and really, it's kind of funny because I'm not big in... I do do the bug out, bug in stuff, but like you have a lot more setup than I do. Um, which I need to change all that. But I do, do it a listen to a time. lot of stuff yeah. and have practiced stuff. And we'll also get into, with the second episode, the bugging out... Um, being out in places with active shooters yep. um, or emergency situations when you're at a concert, a mall, at, you know, stuff like that, how to set up rally points and stuff like that. Yep. At least that's what I do when I go out. Oh, I yeah. don't know why, but... Oh, no, I mean, it's, it's situational preparedness. And awareness. That's well, the one thing a lot yeah. of people don't have is situational awareness because everybody's in a three-foot world. Yeah. Yep. And or glued to their phone, but... Certain people have different levels, like I have a level because of my job, yep. so I look at things differently. My friends that are in the military, they have situational awareness further than I do, yep. and then there's other people that have situational awareness further than them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I do simply because I'm probably could be labeled an overprotective dad, not to the point where, oh, Timmy fell and hurt, you know, hurt his foot, blah, blah, no. No, I tell them to suck it up and grow a pair and go on. But more where I worry not about what my family does, but what 
people other do people do. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I'm the same way. Um, I know Stevie definitely labels me an alpha male. Um, instead of you know, a lot of guys anymore are more beta males. And I've definitely. I know the one beta. thing that annoys um, Tanya, my wife, a lot is uh, we'll go to the mall. And like I people watch constantly. Oh gosh, yeah. And she goes, "Would you knock it off?" And it's part of my jo- my daily routine at my job. Right. But like I'm always watching people, and I can walk through the mall and tell you, okay, yeah, he's carrying, he's carrying, he's got a concealed, he's carrying. And she goes, "How? It just their mannerisms, how they yep. conduct themselves, and where we live at, we have a lot of gangbangers. Oh yeah. You know, so you can yeah. tell the punk gangbanger that's carrying." A pistol in his waistband just be hard ass. Yeah, I don't. Versus somebody that's carrying concealed, and you can tell the difference because people, yeah. those people are not only watching you, but they are watching you watching them. Yeah, yeah. Like we were at the trunk or treat at Ruley Brothers, and I don't know anything about them, but there was a group there called the Devil Dogs. I don't, I don't know why they were the first time I've saw them. I believe or no, they're no, it was Afro Dogs. The Afro Dogs. Okay, never heard of them. I was going to say, the Devil Dogs used to be a uh, military motorcycle club. Yeah, no, they were the Afro Dogs. They're a motorcycle club that I know of, but I haven't heard any. I've heard of them, but I don't know anything of them. I was like, yeah, I kept my eye open a little bit, because there are, what is it, the Southside Soldiers and another group. And in the area we live, there are some outlaw MCs. I'm not going to go name dropping. Uh, No. But, um... I can think of a couple, too. I have... Well, I have a few friends and a couple of them. Yeah. So I'm going to just keep it with that. a couple people and a couple, too. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we have... You know, just this week in Youngstown, Ohio, this is, you know, the area we're from, we had three people killed in an ambush. Yeah. Gang-style shooting. And it, the one, there was a woman and a child. A woman and a three-month-old. Yeah, three-month-old. I mean, so... Yeah, so there's... There is a bit of that, so... You gotta keep. You gotta stay frosty. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I don't care what you're doing, who swivel. you are. Yeah, you got. I mean, you gotta pay attention because if you're stuck in your little world, you're gonna miss some things that could potentially end your life. Yeah. I mean. So. But I think we'll call it yep. uh, good for this episode, and uh, we'll pick up with uh, episode two, and. Well, it'll be episode four now but part two, episode four but part, part two, two of the buggy bug of out. the buggy bug yep. in bug out um also we've got uh an episode our arak episode which is yep. going to be a two-parter probably going to be released uh in december yep right around the holidays that. that way uh we can kind of cover ourselves over the holidays and don't yeah. have to worry about recording because i know my holidays are hectic oh, i know yeah. yours are hectic yeah um I know Zach's going to be hectic, especially just getting married. Yeah. Um, he'll be back, hopefully, uh, not uh, for the bug in, bug out episode, but hopefully after that he'll be back. Um, we have an episode we're just going to have like an open mic night yep. uh, with uh, my brother-in-law and a mutual friend of my brother-in-law and I. Uh, basically, we're going to discuss punk music, hardcore music, uh, being in bands, and my friend's clothing company, which is Outcast Mentality uh, clothing brand. Um we have a couple other shows planned here in the future that are going to be kind of starting to fall into place. And um, if everything goes right, um, hoping, fingers crossed, toes crossed, and everything, we may actually get out to the uh, 
NRA national meeting here in April yep. to kind of go uh, do some politicking and hobnobbing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, to, you know, we'll be out shoulders with some, some yeah of the bigger guys. some of the reps and uh, you know get our name out there a little more and do some talking to people and Heck yeah. see what we can do with it. So yep, uh, for that episode, uh, I'm Tactical Gnome. I'm Bearded Tank. Out. Out. <laughs>